Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I had a very special guest on the show today. I have Amanda Abeya of AmandaAbeya.com. Amanda, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. I am super psyched to be here. No problem. I'm psyched as well. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Amanda so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. And Amanda is an award-winning content creator, keynote speaker, and business coach who specializes in helping business owners activate their persuasion prowess so that they can make more money. Her clients go from hating sales and marketing to achieving 90% close rates and closing multi five-figure deals. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Business Insider, Univision, and many more. And prior to teaching marketing and sales, Amanda spent a decade as a financial writer and wrote content for companies like Wells Fargo, Discover, Credit Karma, Santander, and more. She's also partnered with companies like Capital One and TransUnion in financial education campaigns. She's also the Amazon bestselling author of Make Money Your Honey and has created a community of over 60,000 people across social media channels, make more money, and live a more affluent life. Amanda, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am so excited. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So to kick everything off, I wanted to hear a little bit more on what led you get started with all the awesome work that you're doing. Could you take us through your CEO story? And we'll let you oh my this? gosh, this is such a good time to be asking this question because I feel like I only really just made the shift to CEO maybe in the last two or three years, nice. even though I've been in entrepreneurship since 2010. But for the first eight years, I was freelancing, I was content marketing, I was doing done for you services for people. And around 2016, I was like, mm, this isn't scalable. Mm. We're going to run into some problems if you want to make good money and have the impact that you want to have. So I actually ended up taking everything that I used to build my first business and created my first program called Persuade to Profit, created that in 2017. The first time I launched that, I did $10,000 in cash in two weeks. Nice. And I was like, oh, okay, I think this is the thing. <laughs> um, and ever since then, it's been a transition. Like a year after that, I had to hire my first you know, full-time assistant. And now it's been actually in November, it'll be exactly two years since I hired her and we've completely systematized the back end. I have a sales team now, like all our funnels are working. Um, this past week alone, when I'm interviewing you, we've done almost $40,000 in sales just in the last few days. So I feel like that CEO mindset thing has only kicked in in the last two or three years when I started thinking about scalability and team. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And I absolutely love you uh, for, for being able to kind of talk about that process, because I think there's not enough uh, kind of narrative and information about the process that it takes to getting and becoming a quote unquote CEO. And what not that looks at all. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are just like, you just wake up and then all of a sudden yeah, you just wake up and you're a CEO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually what I did on my own podcast was I was on my Instagram stories. I was really honest with people. Like there were moments in 2019 where I was like, guys, scaling really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is rough, right? Or, you know, you make bad hires or ads don't work or there's a bunch of challenges and problems along the way, which are normal. And I tell people to embrace them because that's how you learn. Um, but I was very, I've been very, very transparent about the whole process. And then, you know, we just finished the main systems and then here comes the shutdown of 2020. 
Right. Right. And then it's like half our clients lost their whole business overnight. Mm. And then because I was in finance, it was a flood of stuff coming at me as well. So I was like, okay, just finished building out systems already burned out. And now we have to deal with this. And I think honestly, that's the moment I really became a CEO because I walked into my team meeting the Monday after the shutdown. And I said, this is what we've been preparing for suit up. Mm. I'm really having to be a leader in that time and space when it was really hard and you're very tired and you're worried about your team and you're worried about your clients. Um, And now what are we seven months into this? Is that how long we've been into this whole situation? Probably seven, eight months. Feels like five freaking years. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you telling? But now is when people are like, oh my gosh, we saw how you showed up. We saw how you led your team. Like we need to be a part of this. Like you were right the whole time. So I feel like, that was, that was like the rite of passage right yeah. there for CEO. And because I've been so transparent about all of this the whole time on my own podcast and on Instagram stories, that's what everybody tells me. They're like, oh my God, no one talks about this. Right. Yeah. You don't really get the the real vision, but I, as you said, you know, so well, I feel like that has, you know, so much to do with leadership. And, and you talked about a little bit about your podcast. Could you take us through a little bit more about that and talk a little bit more on how you work with clients and how you serve them? Yeah, so we have our main program, which is Persuade to Profit. And our sweet spot in Persuade to Profit is take people who've been doing one-on-one work, maybe one-on-one coaching, for example, or you're a freelancer like I was, and helping you create your first scalable offer. We're going to help you build out your first marketing and sales system. And then I'm turning you into a closer because my secret sauce is the fact that I know how to sell. I know how to train teams on how to sell. And I know how to train people on how to sell. Yeah. And that that sounds, you know, so simple to do, but I imagine that that's been a process for you to get there. And I feel like a a great sign of being able to be an expert and be um, really, you know, known for that is to be able to teach other people. It sounds like it's what you're doing. Yeah. Not even just your clients, like try when you got to teach a team to sell things on your behalf. That's like, Mm. that's another level. (laughs) You would think it's the same, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like that's probably, um, and I don't know if you find this or hear this a lot. I feel like that's a major hiccup with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners where they're looking to try to transition to that CEO. How can I replicate myself? Because I do it so well that I don't feel like anybody else can sell. Anybody else can do this or that or the third. The struggle is so real. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Um, You know, I... With salespeople specifically, um, I went through a few hires that didn't work out because I was trying all these different things. And then I was like, Amanda, just put your recruiter hat on. Like, what is it that you need? And I was like, I need people with batteries included, as one of my (laughs) mentors says. Like, I need people who just understand sales. And then I train you on the product and we tweak you. But I don't have to, like, explain the whole mindset of sales to you. Like, I'm not starting from square one just because... Um, you've been aware of my brand for a while. Cause I think some people do that. They'll like hire their VA for like sales support or they're like, oh, there's someone in my community and my email list who like really wants to learn how to do this. Don't do that. Just go find salespeople. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that the batteries included. And I think so many times we forget that about the hiring process of that recruiting aspect. And sometimes it sounds like even to getting clear on what you're looking for, because I think sometimes we just like, oh, we want a salesperson to really drill down that step you know, right above that or right after that to say, okay, we want those batteries included. We want somebody that actually has that experience and we can just show them the product or service that they're going to be selling. Yeah. Or when I hired um, my first assistant, I feel like something people really struggle with is going from like a fleet of contractors to employees Mm. because for some reason payroll seems so much more serious Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) to us. And I understand that. Um, But at the same time, they're like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm like, yeah, but you're spending more money on like four VAs who aren't fully dedicated to you 
when you can just go find someone who's a hundred percent in yeah. and pay them. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I love what you talked about that mindset shift, because I think um, I've heard people talk about um, kind of like businesses, like being on the jungle gyms, where a lot of times you're trying to go to the next rung, but you're holding on to the rung before you, before you swing over. Yeah. That's like the last move. two years of my life. It's <laughs> really? like, you know, when you're in that scaling phase, you're like in those two rungs and yeah. it can be tough, you know, yeah. because you're building out, you're getting rid of old systems in order, cause that are no longer going to work. Right. In no, order to get rid of those old systems, you have to build the new ones at the same time. Plus you're training people. And that's why I tell people who ask me about scaling, I'm like, you better know how to sell mm. because scaling is expensive yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it evens out, you know, it's worth it. Like, you know, we, one of the things that we did is we brought a lot of our stuff in-house with like in-house systems. Mm -hmm. So we actually ended up slashing our expenses once we were done building that, the thing is you had to carry the expense of both right. while you were building it, right? Yeah. So I always tell people like, you best damn know how to sell. All these <laughs> scaling problems that you have could be solved if you knew how to sell. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've heard, and it might've been Mark Cuban or something. He says something along the lines is a lot of times businesses go out of business because lack of sales. And I think so many yeah. times we think of all the other things, but sales can kind of cure all to some degree when you're able to kind of sell if you are having a hiring problem or maybe that ad didn't work or whatever you can make that up so to speak with sales and with the ability to be able to communicate and, and get your message and yeah and your product and ads out is a big one right where people are like oh i'm just going to throw money at ads and that'll be like the holy grail speaking as someone who has hired people for ads and is now learning them <laughs> herself um you know and i'm like do you know how much money you need to throw into an ad budget for a few months just to get enough data to nail this yeah. if you don't have data you better learn how to sell yeah exactly yeah a lot of times you hear those people that hit the the, the the big whale so to speak uh just just by trying something out but a lot of times that's that's more uh not that's not for the case for a lot of people when they get started yeah and it's funny because the one thing that solves all the problems is the one thing everybody wants to avoid yeah interesting so that's why i love that you empower you know people to do that and that's part of your secret sauce yep Awesome. So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that you feel like makes you more effective and efficient? Hmm. I think there's a couple. I get asked about training a lot and I used to be a recruiter. That was like my last job. Throw them in the fire, right? Like just throw them in the water and say swim and the cream will rise to the top. Now you have to have the emotional fortitude to like not like sit yeah, on man. your hands and not get <laughs> yes. involved, which I actually, I understand how difficult that is. And I still sometimes struggle with it where like my team has to be like, Amanda, back off, right? <laughs> yeah, I have this. <laughs> right, which I give them full permission to do to me, right? Like back off, right? Um, so I would say that's it. Like if you, if you hire good people, like A players, A, they're gonna cost you more money, but B, when you throw them in, they will rise to the top and they will figure stuff out and they will bring you more solutions than problems yeah. right and for those of you who are worried about like oh they cost money well you this goes back to knowing how to sell yeah <laughs> so you can grow into it and pay these people um and i'd say the other thing that has been very effective um and this is a newer thing it's okay to be vulnerable mm -hmm. with your team like people think they can't do that i thought i couldn't do that right mm -hmm. and then what ends up happening is like there's almost like a disconnect when you're not vulnerable with them, right? So for example, I was with a, a team meeting a few weeks ago and I'm like, guys, we've made all these changes. Like I need to see the money coming in. Like I was very like honest. I wasn't like panicky or breathing down their necks, but I was like, this needs to start working. <laughs> right. 
just right. so y'all know what's up, right? right? Um, and when I was that vulnerable with them, they just wanted to go for me a hundred times harder. Yeah. I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be like a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client, or if you happen to a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. What I would say I'm actually pretty good at, thank God, I just didn't know until it was brought up to me. Um, and I have seen people struggle with this where they will not let go of stuff that's not working either because they spent so much time, they spent so much money, they spent so much energy, and they just hold on to stuff that does not work and takes away from the ultimate mission of the company. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Yeah. Like that Frozen song, you know, yeah. let it go <laughs> if it's not working, right? Let it go. It's okay. You know? You learn from it and you move on and you adjust, but you got to let it go. Uh, I know we touched a little bit on this. So I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Amanda, what does being a CEO mean to you? You're not just leading yourself anymore. I think when you go into CEO mindset, I mean, there's business model changes and all that kind of stuff, but your relationships within business also significantly change. And I think that's a shift people have a hard time with um, because you're used to doing things by yourself or you're used to um, going hard by yourself, right? Or, But people are actually looking to you for guidance and leadership right now. And it's not just your community anymore. Now it's people who are working for you as well. So it's almost like you have to um, lead two different people and you don't necessarily lead them the same way. So I think learning that dance has been very cool for me and has really helped me just kind of become a better human being overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's so powerful. And I, I love that answer and that perspective because you had just mentioned that you were kind of going through that transition or had went through that transition and put that CEO cap on. And I think so many times when you're a high achieving person, especially individually, it can be really hard to, I guess, divorce that person and become this new person that you need to be able to empower people to be able to let go, to be able to, to coach them up, to be able to, you know, give them, um, you know, a hug, I guess you say, can say when it's not going as well, but you still know that they have it. So that that dance that you kind of spoke to is so huge. And I think it's maybe more, you know, art than science. And I think that's what sometimes makes it a little bit more uh, of a challenge. Yeah, well, you know, I teach sales. That's one of our main things that we do. And it's it's knowing people and knowing how to deal with people and, and talk to people and, and cater to people and serve people. That's all sales really is. Um, and I'm noticing that being a CEO is the same. It's just, you're not just serving your audience. Now you're also serving the team that you're leading. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you're still in the people business. But you're still in the people business. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nice. Well, Amanda, I truly appreciate that perspective and I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you want to let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Yeah, so you can find everything at amandaabea.com. That's A, B as in boy, E-L-L-A. Um, and for any women who are listening, if you want to get really good at high ticket sales, because that's our sweet spot, we actually have a free Facebook group for that where we're doing free trainings on it. So if you go to group.amandaabea.com slash join, you can get all the information that you need for that there. And we would love to have you. We just started this group a few weeks ago and we already have 500 women in there who really want to learn sales and negotiation and get good at it. It's a personal mission for my, me and the company to just help as many women as we can get really good at this particular skill set. 
Nice. Well, I definitely appreciate you, Amanda. We, we will have the links and information in the show notes. And, and like we said, you know, a lot of times sales is the lifeblood of business and often it's something people will run away from. Um, but it's, I, I've always seen it as a way by which you can take your gift, your product and service, whatever it is you have to serve the world and share with as many people as possible. And if you look at it sometimes from that perspective and you approach it that way, uh, then it helps out so much. So I, I love that you help so many people uh, give their gift and serve their gift uh, to the entire world. So I appreciate you for that. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.